Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Really big news yesterday that seemed, seemed to come out of nowhere. The facility known by most of us as the Detroit Incinerator announced abruptly that it will close permanently after years of controversy. Detroit Renewable Energy CEO said the facility is just too old and too expensive to keep open. Now, anyone who spends time anywhere near the incinerator is familiar with the smell that wafts over surrounding areas of the city. And anyone who has looked at the effects of this incinerator on our environment can tell you this closure is likely going to have a positive effect on air quality here in Detroit. But what does it really mean to close the incinerator? What will happen to all the trash that goes there now? And should we be thinking of better ways to deal with waste overall in our region? We've got someone here who can help us sort through those questions today. Nick Leonard is the executive director of the Great Lakes Environmental Law Center, and he joins us now. Nick, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Great to be here. So I was surprised, very surprised to see this announcement yesterday, and it made me feel like maybe I haven't been paying attention to what's been going on with the Detroit incinerator. I know there has always been a kind of push and pull about when it should operate, how it should operate, whether it should operate. What, in your mind, led up to this decision? Well, I'll start by saying we were very surprised, too. We, I, I didn't wake up yesterday morning thinking this is going to be this the, is day the day <laughs> the incinerator is going to close. But it's really a credit to the great advocacy by environmental organizations and residents that live near that facility for know, years and decades calling out the odors, calling out the air emission limit violations. And I think the, the final straw was at the end of January, we sent a notice letter to the owners of the facility saying, you know, in, in 60 days, we're going to sue you for over 750 times that you violated air emissions limits. At, at this facility. And, and, you know, we're not just going to seek penalties for those violations. We're going to ask a judge to order you to basically make improvements to your facility to make sure that they don't happen again. And, you know, I, I think that they saw the writing on the wall and basically knew that they were going to have to make some major, major capital improvements to this aging facility to stop those violations. And so rather than go through that, they decided, you know what, it, it's time to close this facility. And it, because we were getting ready to file that lawsuit next week on Tuesday. When I, when I heard the news, I was, I was working on that. Yeah. And, and so, uh, so, so talk about then this long, prolonged relationship, I guess, that the city has with this incinerator. You talk yeah. about 750 times that they've exceeded air restrictions or air quality restrictions on on that facility. Can you give us an idea of how dirty, I guess, the incinerator is, how polluting it is to the environment here in Detroit? It's, it's a massive, it, it was a massive air polluter 
in the city of Detroit and really in the state of Michigan and across the country. First, first of all, it's, it's one of the largest trash incinerators in the country, if not the largest. And it turns out burning trash, this may come as a shock to some people, is an incredibly dirty way to produce heat and electricity. And, and it's, just, it's just a very dirty fuel. And so when we looked at the emissions that the incinerator were putting out and compared it to things like a coal fire power plant or compared it to a landfill, it was almost always worse. Uh, it, it produced more greenhouse gases per megawatt hour than a coal-fired power plant. It, it had worse mercury emissions than a coal-fired power plant. It was a major, major polluter. And it was a major polluter that impacted people's lives that live you know, within a couple of miles of that facility. Yeah. Um, so uh, what does this mean for the people of Detroit that we won't have this incinerator here anymore? Well, I think the the most immediate thing is that it'll mean people that live within you know a mile or two of that of that incinerator won't have that familiar that summer stench that you know seems to waft through Midtown and the nearby neighborhoods over um, on Farnsworth Street and stuff like that. You know, they won't have to run inside, run away from a barbecue on a Sunday afternoon because this the smell is just overpowering. They they also won't have to live with the fear of you know, what pollutants are coming out of that stack. We know that incredibly hazardous pollutants uh, are emitted as a result of burning garbage. And, and now you know, they don't have to worry about that. But now there, there are obviously also bigger questions, like where, where do the workers go? Uh, what happens about to that site? About 150 people, I right. guess, work there. Yeah, and so where do the workers go? What happens with that site? And, and what do we do with our garbage now? You know, th- These are all important questions that we're going to have to start wrestling with over the the course of the next several months. My guest is Nick Leonard. He's the executive director of the Great Lakes Environmental Law Center. We're talking about the sudden announcement yesterday that the Detroit incinerator will close, close permanently after years of controversy. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think about that news, that that controversial facility will no longer be with us polluting the air. Have you smelled the stench of the garbage that sat out there waiting to be burned as you spent time in or drive through Midtown? Do you feel like your health has been affected by this incinerator? Also call and tell us uh, how you feel about the overall state of environmental quality here in the city of Detroit and Southeast Michigan. Think of all the other things that we have that really are pollutants, uh, businesses and things that, uh, that really do sour the air and the ground and the water around us. Are we doing a good job or a good enough job making sure that that doesn't affect people's health? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or if you go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Nick, I want to I want to ask you about the the value of putting garbage in a landfill rather than incinerating it. I mean, there, there, there is not a great set of options other than burning gar- garbage that somehow protect the environment better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question and a couple of points. First, the operation of the incinerator represented this huge environmental injustice in the city of Detroit. I mean, you look at the type of people that live near that facility. It's overwhelmingly people of color and overwhelmingly low-income people. 
And you know, what we saw was essentially this, this incinerator being a solid waste disposal facility for the entire state, for Canada, for Ohio. All of those communities were bringing their trash here, and it was burdening low-income Detroiters that were mostly black residents. And there's and, something just inherently unfair about that. Right. And, and then, but we also looked at, all right, well, let's, let's look at the comparison between incinerating and trash and, and landfilling it. And even from that perspective, at least from an air quality standpoint, incineration was just a really bad option as a way to dispose of trash. Like I said, the, the greenhouse gas emissions, the hazardous air pollutants, the asthma-causing air pollutants, they were all much higher from an incinerator. And then, you know, it all gets back to where is this located? It's located in a very dense urban area. And, you know, it, it basically got to the point where the I think the owners of the facility realized we, we can't get this facility to a point where it can comply with all the existing laws and regulations that are applicable to their operations. So they have to close. So putting this garbage in a landfill, landfills tend not to be in big urban areas, right? right. They tend to be out in, in suburban or rural areas. I can think of the landfill in western Wayne County that I pass sometimes. Yeah. Is that a better and more just way to get rid of garbage? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's certainly a more just solution from the perspective of the residents that live near the incinerator, right? They, they wanted it gone yesterday. And so I've, I've talked with a lot of them in the, over the past couple of days, and they are just ecstatic. But I think the bigger question now is, well, you know, what are we doing with our solid waste, not only as, as a city, but as a region and as a state? In Michigan, for a long time, has had some of the lowest costs of landfilling and incineration in, in the country. And that's largely because we, we have such robust infrastructure for landfilling and incineration. It's cheaper to throw things away than it is to recycle them. And I think now is the time, as, as we're, it's this key moment, as we're getting rid of one of the largest solid waste disposal facilities in the state, which the incinerator was, now we have to start diverting that investment over to recycling infrastructure to make sure that we're not making the same mistakes and just moving the burden to another community. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Gene in Detroit. Gene, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey, Gene. Uh, I just wanted to ask about the economic impact of the city uh, going from being a uh, producer of energy to now a uh, consumer of uh, natural gas and what impacts uh, it's going to have on the budget of uh, the tipping fees of uh, uh, garbage to uh, landfills, uh, et cetera. Hmm. Uh, great question, Gene. Uh, Nick, they were taking this garbage burning it and converting it to energy, which was always the sell mm -hmm. by the, the owners of, of the incinerator as to why we should want it here. When we lose that, what, what, what effect does that have? Well, the good news is that we're not going to lose that. We know that the owners of the facility can still generate electricity and steam through essentially burning natural gas. And so there, there are a lot of environmentalists that would point out the problems with burning natural gas. But, but one thing that I'll point out is that it's significantly cleaner to burn natural gas, to produce electricity and to produce steam than it is to burn garbage. And so th those services will continue. 
There, there will still be steam. You'll, you'll still see the steam coming out of the manholes in, in Midtown and downtown. Those buildings will still receive steam for their heating and cooling. Electricity will still be sent. Uh, and it, it, it's not a major electricity producer, but it is you know something that it produces. Now, in, in terms of tipping fees, you know, my understanding is that City of Detroit's contract will essentially remain in effect, and that they're they're diverting the waste elsewhere. But that contract expires in 2021, and a big question then will be: Well, what what is solid waste management in the city of Detroit look like in a post incinerator world? And 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 it still gets to this larger question of recycling and keeping more garbage out of things like the landfill. I feel like as a city of Detroit resident who tries to take advantage of recycling, which we have now, right? I can mm-hmm. I have bins that I can right. put cardboard and plastic and glass into and just take them out to the curb. I feel like maybe we're doing a little better with that. Is is that true citywide? Are we moving in the right direction? I think it is true. And that's credit to the great work, not only of the city of Detroit, but of nonprofit coalitions like the Zero Waste Detroit Group. Um, who have really been pushing to make Detroit a leader in recycling. But we were always limited in that because we always had this incinerator that needed trash in order to generate you know, steam and to generate electricity. It needed trash as its fuel. So it needed every year to get about 800,000 tons of trash to its facility. Now we don't have that. And so now there's this real moment of opportunity to even, to, to make Detroit even a better city when it comes to recycling our waste and diverting waste from incinerators and landfills. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Christina in New Hudson, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, hey. thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say I'm glad to be done with the incinerator. Incinerators poison our air, but landfills poison our earth. Um, regardless of where they are, whether they're in Detroit or the suburbs or China, we live on one earth. We need to focus on reuse and recycling. And recycling is a huge opportunity for us. A ridiculous percentage of recycling that gets sent doesn't get recycled because there aren't enough recycling facilities. Mm-hmm. China's canceling. You know, they're refusing to accept a huge percentage of our recycling. Right. Why would we send our recycling to China? We need recycling facilities here and to focus on reuse here. Uh, Christina, I really appreciate the call and the thoughts. Nick Leonard, there is this question about the sustainability of recycling, given the way that the market is is changing. Are, are there things we should be doing to prepare for those changes to make sure that we are able to recycle as much as we want to or need to? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point and a great question. And there's a lot that we can do to prepare, uh, you know, basically – bring recycling home and make sure that we can do it ourselves and, and not rely on you know, exporting all of our recyclable materials to China. I mean, currently, we, we just lack the, the infrastructure necessary to handle a high amount of recyclables in comparison to you know, the, invest, the repeated and constant investments that we've made in solid waste disposal facilities like landfills and like the incinerator. And so I, I can't stress this enough. The incinerator was a large solid waste disposal facility. It was one of the top five solid waste disposal facilities in the state. So it's, it's going to shake up how solid waste is managed in the state of Michigan. And you know, we can either you know, invest in solid waste disposal again and in landfilling and incineration again, which I don't think we will, 
uh, or we can go in the other direction and make sure that we're diverting more and we have the infrastructure to handle high amounts of recyclable materials. Uh, again, uh, Christina, thanks very much for the call and the thoughts. Let's go to Richard in Livonia. Richard, welcome to Detroit Today. Good to hear. Good to hear you. Uh, Love your program. Thank you. Uh, I was just telling your uh, uh, person I just talked to earlier that I'm angst all the time about. I recycle. I live in Livonia. I put the plastic here. I put the metal here. I go over to our dis- disposal and dispose of stuff. I'm wondering how is this going to affect the landfill because I'm not going to have to agonize anymore about it. If it's all going in the landfill. Throw the metal in. Throw. I, it seems to me that the incinerator would take the metals out when it got there, and that would go somewhere else. Now, if everything's going in the landfill, I, I don't have any problems any, any, about worrying about recycling. That's my problem. I, I, I don't. I think it's going to affect the groundwater unless you have all these clay-lined pits somewhere where you're dumping all this stuff. That's not affecting the people out there uh, in the rural areas. That's my thought. Hmm. Uh, Richard, I appreciate the call, uh, Nick. What 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 uh, what would we tell Richard <laughs> yeah. to make him feel a little better about all this? You know, I mean, it really does come back to investing in recycling infrastructure. You know, it, 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 this waste is going to go somewhere, and it's a matter of you know, is it going to go to an incinerator, or is it going to go to a landfill, or is it going to go to a recycling facility? And you know, right now we're relying on you know companies uh, outside of the state of Michigan and sometimes outside of the country to handle our recyclable material. And it, I think it's time that we made those investments in our own state and our own communities. Mm. Let's quickly get to Honey in Detroit. Honey, welcome to Detroit Today. What's on your mind? Hi. Yeah, hey. Um, so I work at the Detroit Wilderness Club. I've been there for 35 years. So we're actually starting uh, a bit of a movement are going to, like, you know, all the stores and restaurants that uh, we frequent and love and just to educate them about uh, recycling because we think we're recycling now, but most of the stuff that we're putting into recycle bins is not being recycled. It's, you know, China used to accept 70% in almost all of our uh, paper and plastic and what have you, and they're not anymore. And we're not the government, and so the government doesn't support this, first of all, but, uh, you know, things just aren't being recycled. So it's, we have to keep recycling. We can't give up on that, but it's more of a change of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to start bringing our own containers and stores have to start providing stuff in bulk and that. I mean, you walk into a Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and you see all these, you know, plastic bins with pineapple and mango and mm-hmm. watermelon. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really difficult problem, but we have to address it now because, uh, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, uh, it's a honey, change of lifestyle. Right? I, right, right. No, no. I get what you're. I get what you're saying. I appreciate the call. That that raises an interesting idea that this is not all about garbage. Mm-hmm. It's also about what we package things in and how we consume things. I guess right. in our lives and and create all the garbage that has to to, right. to go somewhere. Yeah, and. You know, that, I think that's the the flip side of the recycling infrastructure coin. Is just well, how how much garbage do we even have, and and where is it coming from? And I think people are really starting to pay attention to things like, well, do I really need you know that plastic bag? Do I really need that straw? Do I really need sort of that that carry out container stuff like that? Those, those essentially single use plastics, and you know. 
local governments are really trying to start to address that. I know the city of Detroit was previously thinking about banning plastic bags. Unfortunately, the state stepped in and, and stopped that from happening. But it's an issue that's getting more and more attention from policymakers. Okay, Nick Leonard, executive director of the Great Lakes Environmental Law Center. Congratulations on uh, the, the victory yesterday. I mean, uh, you've worked a long time to try to make this better, and uh, that's finally going to happen. But thanks for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Up next, we're going to talk about another pollution crisis right here in Michigan. Detroit Public Television's Great Lakes Now initiative airs a special documentary tonight on PFAS chemical contamination. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.